Hello everyone, welcome to Reforming Slavics. My name is Nick. The following interview you're going to hear is with Natasha Bukhansova and her story and experience of attending Bible school. We hope that this interview sparks conversation about the importance of Bible school, the things that could be improved, and the things to be aware of when attending. I hope the Slavic community benefits by listening to this interview. Thanks for joining. Hello. Uh, so I went to Bible school to, um, it was the second semester of God will provide missionary school in California. Um, I think it's been about close to three years ago, a little bit over, I want to say three years ago. I was 21 or 20? 20. I was, I was 20 when I got into the program. I had a desire um, before when it used to be like a popular thing in uh, Idaho when mm. I feel like everybody was going to Bible school. Um, but I don't. But then when I shared that desire with my parents, they didn't seem all for it. So I just decided not to go and um, just kind of forgot about it. And then uh, years later, when I, before I decided to go, um, how it all s- happened was... Um, um, I lost my job um, due to certain reasons, um, and my brother gives me a call and just mentions that, hey, like, you kind of have nothing holding you back at the moment, like, you don't have a job, um, you know, there's no distractions in your life, I think this would be a great opportunity for you to go, so, and it literally just had, like, a week to think about it from what I remember I think I just applied online and then I had somebody contacting me and then just kind of discussing as to why I wanted to join mm-hmm. simple application process um, I don't even remember exactly as to what the questions were but I had somebody give me a call within the next day and that was it I want to say it started off in October I believe October November December it was like about three month um, program Mm -hmm. I might be uh, kind of off Um, and then and then they send you off to a mission trip depends on when you get there or how soon you can get there I think I was I want to say I was there for two months I want to say yeah Um, first day just kind of getting settled in, um, kind of meeting some people, some other students, waiting for other people to arrive and getting settled in your room. Um, we definitely had, I want to say maybe like, so I'm going to be off on this, but it was about maybe like 17, 18 girls and then maybe like six guys. There were some people, maybe the, there was one girl that was actually, I think, 16 or 17 years old. And then I think the oldest guy we had, we had um, one guy that was like, I don't know, mid-30s and same with another female. Mm-hmm. She was in her mid thirty. Oh, we had about actually two mid-30s. We lived about like five minutes away from the actual school where they had like an actual building where they held the classes 
Um, but it was just like a regular house in, in a neighborhood. Um, all the girls, all the guys, all the students, all the helpers, and all the leaders, except like the the main leaders of the school. Everybody stayed within that school. So there was about three rooms for the girls and a, like one room was able to fit four girls. Another room, two rooms were about to, uh, were able to fit four girls. And then, yeah, it was a pretty tiny room. One bathroom for all the girls. Yes. And then on the same side of where the girls were, um, was the upstairs and that's where all the girls and the guy leaders are sleeping like right across the hall so we all all of us stayed in one house so the girls stayed on one side and the guys stayed on the other side but where the girls stayed there was an upstairs mm. and the the leaders um, stayed above us when we have like for example a guy enter in we just kind of yell out like hey just red alert like so everybody's aware that you know um i thought it was strange i thought it was a bit too tight um i mean just the living arrangements was a little bit i mean one bathroom it's one tiny bathroom you know to share among all girls imagine for all girls how long we get ready i just I don't know what what they were preparing for us, like mm. whether this was preparing us for missions or what, but that's just how it was. And I thought it was strange to have like even guy leaders just above us girls um, sleeping right above us, you know. Um, we shared one laundry room for all of us. Um, and then the guys shared, um, I think there was also maybe three rooms for them as well um three or two i can't remember and they shared one bathroom and then one kitchen and then the kitchen there was two people always in charge either from the girls or the guy's side and they cooked for for everybody for all the students and for all the leaders for the most part the regular day day to day goes like this so you wake up at 6 a.m so you'd wake up beds have to be made um and then everybody's getting together uh, getting ready everybody's using one bathroom <laughs> and um and then breakfast is at 6 15 to 6 40 a.m and within that time you don't have the option to like to sleep in whether you wanted breakfast or not you have to wake up at by 6 a.m and so then you're getting ready from 6.40 to 7.10. Then you have devotions from 7.10 to 7.25 a.m. And then you leave to, um, to class. And um, so prayer starts about 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. to, to 9.10 a.m. And they start off with um, service groups. So the service groups there, we were all split up into groups, the girls and guys, all a mix. Everybody was separated into groups and you held a service like you, you did the worship, um, uh, worship. I mean, everybody had to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You're, what, you're either sharing a testimony, a poem, singing, or you're preaching. And whether you're female or a male, you can do either one. Females preach too. 
Um, and then after that, you got about um, from 10, about a 10 minute break. And then you have your first class um, that lasted about an hour. And then and within every hour, there's about a 10 minute break. By 12 o'clock, you have a lunch and then you have another class, another break. So there was about four four hours of teaching and mm-hmm. in between each hour there's a 10 minute break um and then at the end they do some kind of announcements and then you go home from 4 30 to 5 30 you do chores um and then 5 30 to 6 you have dinner and then at 6 to 6 30 you're getting ready for service to go to church and then you leave to church I mean, and then by the time you get back home, you have devotions, and that starts at 9.45 p.m., and that was always different, like, sometimes, I mean, sometimes it can last 10 minutes, sometimes it can last an hour, and lights are out by 11 o'clock p.m., and there are some days, if we don't have service that day, we have evangelism, yes, there's that, or... Or sometimes we have free days or some just depends. There was events planned, mm-hmm. but there's always something. You're always doing something every single hour of the day. I mean, I think we had also like practice for choir. Um, and then you also had to get together for your service groups. You had to also within that time frame, even like you already have a packed schedule as is, you had to find time to... Oh, some some days when there's no service, um, uh, church services, mm-hmm. you had to find a time to get together with your service groups and figure out who's leading what and create kind of like a program, you know. We had a list of, like our, we had a reading list that we had to go through every single week. Mm-hmm. And within those readings you had to also write down a revelation or something that you learned or just a thought something um they graded you by that i mean they weren't like strict on that i mean it's not like you had to have a whole page or anything like that homework also i didn't feel like they were very structured as to the homework and the tests um it, I mean, it just, it didn't feel, like, very structured. It was just kind of, like, yeah. they needed to add some kind of grades, you know. This was their second semester, and I definitely think they had a lot to learn and improve from their second semester because it wasn't great, as in, like, leadership. I didn't, thought the leadership was um, pretty off as to people who are in there. I feel like they shouldn't have been in a position. Well, there were some people just from, from their behavior, from how they talked, how they treated people. Um, well, there was, there was one that would, um, I, I mean, I, I personally just thought, I mean, it's just not even my opinion. I, others saw around me too. He said things that he shouldn't have been saying, like, um, you know, like Russian cursing, you know, like, um, y- you can, you can definitely tell people who are just, just, um, like abusing leadership, you know, they're, just, they just like being, um, able to have authority over others, you know, it wasn't like 
you trying to be a leader, you leading somebody. Mm-hmm. It's just authority-wise, that's all it was. I mean, like, you had to abide by the rules, but for them, if, if it's convenient for them to do things, like, I don't know, like, for example, it was not... I mean, you're not supposed to hang out with the opposite sex, for example, yeah. you know? But they did that all the time, you know? If if it's all right for them, you know, they could do it. But mm-hmm. if you were to be caught, like, uh, talking to somebody, even just openly talking to a male then like they'd say something to you there were two pastors involved um you don't see them like on on an everyday basis but like they would switch off and you're also assigned kind of like a counselor each person there's enough leaders and helpers to uh, like each person was assigned um a certain amount of students to be like kind of a counselor to check up on to see how you're doing um my person uh, we didn't i didn't feel like we really clicked it just not i don't know just not, either not a people person or i don't know um she checked up on me once she was nice but she just wasn't a counselor if you know what i mean you had to re- um so i think they still have it in their rule a book that you have to pass 75 you have to pass um test at 75 percent or better um plus three months of missionary experience and that was also a pass or fail and from my experience it was not individual like you're not individually graded Mm -hmm. on that experience like the mission experience you're graded as a whole so if somebody was lacking you know then you're there with them you know um for me it was a horrible experience i mean i i just for example they had a lot of rules and expectations for a person coming in there like they have a whole list of rules which you can find on their website like um there are people coming from all different like somebody was older you know already you know live their life and they're still wanting to know more of um the bible there are some people who are completely new to their faith some people who were born in christian families who people who weren't and then they were expected to come in and you were you had to go you had to abide by this list of rules you know um somebody who is not from a russian culture is not going to understand as to why do you need to wear skirts for example to every class it was not like i i feel like certain rules were not i feel like they should have been like it, it should have been more like there should have been some kind of guideline mm-hmm. uh, but um also you should have had like an option to that like you have a guideline but it needs to be based from uh, based what the bible says you know like um because i don't feel like it all it doesn't apply to everybody. Not everybody's going to understand as to why you need to uh, wear a head covering mm-hmm. when you go up to stage. You know, like for a person who is not from a Russian culture or, you know, completely new to Christ, that's, you know... It's not going to make sense. And it could, for, for some people, it was like like almost an act of a rebellion. Like, I, like, you know, but it's not... 
for me, it's not an act of rebellion. It's just it's not where they're at in their life. They don't understand that, you know, to each their own. Um, you had to take out your earrings. Um, um, no jewelry. There was there was lots of little rules that you had to just abide by. I mean, I I just I I don't even know how you'd separate like a rehab experience and a missionary Bible experience. I feel like it's practically the same thing, except that rehab you don't go on to a mission trip. Mm. It's I feel like it's the same thing. I mean, from the way we had the, uh, like you know our structure and their structure seemed kind of the same you know some people just wanted to take that time just to like uh, kind of drop everything and take that time just to get closer to God mm-hmm. to develop a relationship with them or to learn more about the Bible um, I mean some people were just put in there because their parents wanted them to be in there it might be just like a completely personal thing for me I, I wasn't expecting such a, like a army type of or like rehab type of structure it was very like like you're expected um a certain type of uh, presence as to how you appeared in front of others um um there was lots of rules lots of places you have to go it's just very i don't know very little freedom yes for sure i mean you were just always so busy i just remember just being so tired all the time that and between our breaks between the classes you just found people just passed out on the couches it got to that point where they actually made a rule um that we weren't able to sleep during our breaks but like we were some of us were so exhausted that we just go and like and go into our rooms i mean uh into our cars those who had cars um and just pass out on the cars and lock the doors um challenging things i mean i feel like you're coming into school i feel like you should be the one uh you should be the one willing to either receive or disregard what they say or you know take it into consideration it almost felt like it's either their way or the highway I mean, the I think the biggest challenge for um, for a lot of people was the time when we had a prophet come in. It was um, a class of um, prophesying, basically teaching us how to prophesy. But it was it was so we had this guy come in. Apparently, he has his own school in Florida that he teaches, like he raises prophets practically. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife. And my first, like, impression of this guy, you know, like, there's certain um, standards or the qualifications uh, that meet a prophet, you know? And this guy didn't meet those. Only because, just, just as to how lenient he was talking about God, like, there was no reverence. This guy is just his pal, like, uh, within one story, just... Like, I hear him just say, shut up to Jesus, you know, like, like, just things like that. Um, so, I mean, it started off by different classes. There were, like, I remember one of the first classes he assigned us to, um, like, he told us just not to even really think about it, whether it's from God or, or if it's from you. You take a verse from, this was our first homework assignment, you take a verse from Galatians, I think it was 3.16, 
um, the it was the gift the gifts um, you're supposed to come up to somebody you haven't you somebody that you don't know personally just I was like you just come up to them you know ask whether you, you you can pray for them and then you know you wait another like 30 40 seconds and then just whatever verse whatever word from the verse appears into your head you know that you just technically just say that I didn't agree with the homework assignments I didn't I didn't participate in no. it but this actually like made him a little like angry and furious as like he almost didn't from what I heard, he almost didn't want to teach because he didn't feel like respected, like as a prophet, and because people just biblically didn't agree with what he was teaching. But another time, um, he held a class and he chose a certain amount of people to stand in front of the class with their heads facing the front of the class, mm-hmm. um, facing away from the students, okay. and you we just waited until God spoke to one of them and without guessing you can't say the word guess um tell me who it is that God's speaking to but it was like a guessing game to me that's what I felt like I wasn't prophesied thank God I personally didn't think so there were people who did say things to certain students you know but it just didn't feel legit like to be put on the spot for God to pressure to uh, I don't know I can't say God is pressured but like I can't I don't think it's just like that it doesn't work like an instance like it almost felt like you know how today's society you want everything fast and that's how you receive it another time we like he everybody received a prophecy and we just stood in a line almost like a drive-thru one by one, you hear you heard everybody's prophecy, and you just stood in the line waiting to receive a prophecy from him, and then also, and then you go around and get a prophecy from his wife. I mean, it was, it was just I've never received like, like a personal prophecy like this is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when you know in church, um, there was a prophecy. You know, and you know it. I felt like it hit home to you like that that's like I almost felt like God was speaking to you at the moment like it res- resonated with you mm-hmm. um but I felt like with this guy I almost felt like he was able to read people very well mm-hmm. within the class after a few classes he was able to see he was able to like feel somebody out you know how they gotcha. were mine was just like weird it was okay. like the whole time I was like God's going to touch you. Like, he kept saying that. God's going to touch you. And Jesus loves you. Um, Just one that I remember. Well, out of all of them, mine. And there was another one where when God's bored, you know, he just almost like switches through a TV channel and he just turns her on. Because she's so funny. Like, um, she's just like a hamster in a little wheel, you know. I don't know. It was just like bizarre things that he said or... Uh, for me it was like god's gonna you're gonna um ignore the pigs (laughs) that was mine ignore the pigs are uh, are hollering and uh, honking at you or whatever something like that 
and that God's going to give me a prince. That's, that's what he said. Oh, you know, you put a lot, you like, uh, you're, uh, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, you know, ex you expect too much of yourself, just know that God loves you, and just things like that. But it was very, like, very, very surfacey, you know, it wasn't anything, it was nothing specific that was, like, I, I had on my heart that I, that I was expecting to hear, mm -hmm. you know, from God. I don't know whether it's just he knew exactly what to say. For some of them, you know, like, you know how money is, an, is a top priority for guys. They were very broad. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't specific. For some yeah. of them, they felt like it was huge. It was exactly saying exactly what they needed to hear. But, I mean, I don't know. There was a person assigned to each, like, um, curriculum. I don't know. So somebody was in charge of, for example, the class of prophesying, the class of prophets... Um, there was also, um, somebody signed for like Christology or what else was there? Um, socio, uh, soteriology, um, theology, homiletics, apologetics. Um, we had a person go through the book of Acts, um, the Holy Spirit, world religions, um, from certain teachers some of them were very educated and also very like experienced and then there were some where it almost felt like that they were just assigned this topic and that's what they had to learn and almost felt very surfacey as to what they were teaching you know so i mean in the beginning in the beginning when uh, we were when you were signing up for the program i think it mentioned like as to where you'd like to go mm -hmm. um and i i said i wanted to go to like either africa or like a spanish-speaking country mm -hmm. but um close to that time where they do um when you do find out as to where you're going uh, the pastors and the leaders would like uh, fast and pray um for a certain amount of time um, and see where God puts it on their heart for you to go. So, and then we had a party and kind of an announcement as to, like a reveal as to where everybody else is going. I ended up going to Panama. I want to say it was two months. I mean, I'd say, I'd say I was, I felt like I was prepared. I mean, I kind of, knew where I was going to be put in. In charge of the kids, which I'm familiar with. I've helped out back in home with, you know, Sunday school classes and choirs and things like that. So I was prepared. Um, maybe not in a sense of, like, uh, with older kids, you know, like you had to... I mean, there was a huge language barrier that I was not prepared for, so... I mean, all you can really do is try to just gain a relationship and uh, with them and just be Christ-like to them. It took me about a month to, like, go back and um, find a job. But other than that, I had maybe... I had a one leader that was pretty good about just, like, checking out to see how I was doing still, you know. It was still a great experience, but I would definitely change certain things about it or just know exactly where you're getting into you know as to the structure as to how a day-to-day -day 
life will be. I mean, although it is on their um, like website, they do present as to how it's going to be, what kind of curriculum, but it's different when you're getting into it. Thanks for having me.